Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. Step right in. Come this way. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Uh, about as well as anybody else. Oh. Entire portfolio is down a lot after last week. Ooh, it was a tough week. It was a tough week. Yeah. But we'll get more into that as we uh as we go on, but yeah, I've definitely come to some. I had some soul-searching moments this last week after that <laughs> that interview with with Richard. So, there's going to be some changes in my strategies. Oh, that was a great interview. Yeah. Well, I just got my second COVID vaccine shot yesterday and I am feeling like I've been hit by a ton of bricks. I'm starting to think I would relive my own 20% portfolio loss this week. Rather than feel like I feel right now, <laughs> I would switch places with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> it protected my portfolio. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely been a choppy week. Yeah. All right, folks, sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine with us. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. If you found yourself here in the China shop with us and you don't know what's going on, that's okay. Neither do we. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just talking about stocks and news and trying to formulate strategies to actually make money and cut losses, though we haven't been too good on cutting those losses lately. But we're, we're really glad you're here. We have a lot of fun, and it's always better with friends. And nothing else, we play the role of Tim Taylor for those uh, old fans of Home Improvement. I believe he won yeah, awards right? for showing what not to do. So. What not to do. So there's value here, for sure. <laughs> That's definitely, definitely true. We're, we're a much more casual, lighthearted, comedy-based community than, than other stock podcasts. That's for sure. We're glad you're here. We have a lot of fun. Uh, and we've got a spicy, rapturous, sensational show for you today. I'm so excited to get through this show. Just really lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than a ninja during a lunar eclipse. Okay. I got no, nothing. Yeah. I was trying to think of something about actual <laughs> options, but no, I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> I, I give it a six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not too shabby. Reach out to us, folks. We just adore your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Well, we got our Discord. You can find that link in the episode description. Or if you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com. Or you can even give us a phone call. We love hearing all your messages. I listen to them all. Uh, 725-22-BULLS. That number is 725-22-BULLS. Give us a call. Ask us a question. Give us a tip. Uh, maybe, maybe you want to tell us about how you just got the second vaccine shot and can't get off the couch. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. Which brings us to Kyle. No. I think we've got some... No. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, we're ending up February here. I think this is the the, the big day on the bet. Uh, finding out the winners, finding out the losers. Though, strangely, we're all losers this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I was not planning on running with the stop loss this week since I was behind. Uh, I meant to talk about it last week, and we didn't. But I did talk to Dan about it. It made no difference to the actual results, so I'll just go with it. But in the future, uh, we'll definitely be specifying on the bet whether or not we are taking that stop loss or what that percentage is going to be. Yeah, you can you can call your shot. Yeah. So uh, I took FSL. It opened the week at 1968. And for some reason in my head, I kept thinking it was at 1868. So I was not mm. happy this morning when I actually looked it up. Uh, it closed the week at 1694. So my $508.67 is now worth $437.84. And I feel shame. Lots of shame. <laughs> <laughs> we were both swinging for the fences, and I think we both struck out. I picked a SPAC, GS Acquisitions Holdings, Goldman Sachs Acquisition yep. Holdings, the stock ticker GSAH. And I was uh, I was seeing a lot of volume last week, and I thought, oh, maybe people know something I don't, and they're about to announce who they're going to acquire. No. No, they opened the week at uh, 1471 mm-hmm. and they closed the week at uh, $12.02. It was not a good week for any SPAC. And I think what you no, saw no. with that volume was probably uh, the uh, Lucid speculation. Sympathy with the Lucid speculation? Yeah. I think everything was kind of going mm. up SPAC-wise, and then everything crashed once Whack. that actual announcement came. We'll talk about that in the news. but Yeah, so I got stop-lost out, though I was, I was doing okay. I was at $556.19. I ended up the month at four seventy-two seventy-six. So And where did the random end up? Because it did not do well either. No, it did not. The random ESTC opened the week at 160 and change, and it ended the week at 134 and change. So it got stop lost out. Went from $137.93 to $457.24. So Ugh. random finishes second place. So how does that work for the consequences here then? Since uh, since I lost to the random and I lost to you, uh, but you did beat the random. Now does that mean that I got to do the consequences for both of those, or just uh, the top place? My thought was was you just have to do the consequence I pick. Okay, I'm happy with that because I really don't want to do that other one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember uh, the first time you won and you sent me that bunny costume. Did you announce that what you were doing on air? Um, I think we talked about it the next week, but we could talk about it now if you have uh, if you have something you want to send me. I do. I figured. I'm going to send you a box of cheap spaghetti and a bib, and I'm going to need a picture of you wearing a bib shirtless like a baby that's helplessly spilled their spaghetti all over themselves. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) I really need that picture for just for me. Okay. Uh, Where's this picture going? (laughs) 
I assume it's going on the website. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're gonna we're, we'll tweet it out. I mean, I had to do my as my profile pic on Facebook for a month, so I was thinking that would be a beautiful profile pic. Oh God, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna bite me in the ass. All right, stay tuned, folks. The end of the episode, we're gonna be making new bets. All right. One last bit of show news to cover is the results from last week's Twitter poll. Oh, yeah. So if you recall, we asked which one had the best potential for profits uh, as far as space companies went. Uh, We had Boeing, Virgin Galactic, Lockheed Martin, or other. Let's see. Virgin Galactic ended with 33.9%. Boeing in second place, 28.4%. Lockheed Martin at 26%. 11.7 or mm. other, and the top uh, right-end response was D's Nuts. <laughs> I couldn't find a ticker for that. I assumed it was Yum, but uh, I don't... Yum! I, don't, I never got an answer. <laughs> never, never got <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll, uh, at some point here in this episode, we'll be announcing the uh, the next Twitter poll for this week. So hopefully we get some better <laughs> right-end responses. Although I was pretty happy with that one. That was pretty good. I... I like the idea of these nuts going to space. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. No. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good opportunities there. Zero G balls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get on. Let's move on to some news. All right. Cue the tunes. Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good story, so my margin grows. I want you listen to all my news. You might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. All right. Well, I think, uh, I think a safe place to lead off the news is uh, talking about how these bond rates have been going up and it's just been shaking up the whole shop. Really? That, that's, your, that's your top story? Not the, <laughs> not the reemergence of GameStop? <laughs> Oh, wait, what? GameStop? This is the first I've heard. Tell me about it, Kyle. GameStop came roaring back to life. Roaring. Peaked um, earlier in the week in post-market at almost $200 a share before kind of tapering back down Yeah. rest of the week. I think it closed over 100 Man, that's crazy. Thought this thing was dead. Oof. Everyone did. Still was holding about 40-some percent short interest, according to the reports. But, I mean, I don't know. It has a really small float. I suppose 40% is still really large after talking to uh, George and him pointing out that anything above 30 was, you know, quite excessive. It's considered a lot. Yeah. So I was looking through trying to see if anybody had any thoughts on like what was going on. I saw a couple things that were interesting, both kind of, I guess, counterpoints, not counterpoints, but opposing views, maybe. One of the things going on there is people are calling it a textbook dead cat bounce. Uh, and they cited the laws of three and two, which I never heard. Uh, the guy said his mentor had told him at one point that stocks going on their way to zero will triple twice and double three times. Now, 40 tripling is, it closed above 120, right? I guess, I don't know if that's hard and fast rule, but so it's tripled twice and now it's going to double three times at some point on its way to zero is what he's thinking. Interesting. I don't know if I agree with that. I thought 40 was probably a good point to get back in uh talk more about that uh when we get to the stock portion uh, the other thing i was saying was mentioning that the increased volatility they believe is due to the russell 2000 and 1000 they're saying that a small volume of shares can swing that stock massively because of the small float and they think it has to do with the russell's rebalancing and other funds that try to track that figuring out that they're undervalued in gamestop and 
trying to purchase more or, or rebalance their portfolios, I believe, is what it basically worked out to. Huh. And then how it's it's hitting points where it's, mo- it's the cap changes when it sees these giant spikes that could be causing it to shift between the Russell 2000 and the Russell 1000. I'll link those articles so other people can read them that maybe understand this stuff better than we do. Yeah, call in and let us know. Yeah, and if that's what's causing it, then they're saying that that, that action could continue uh, through... Uh, up to June as those funds go through their rebalancing procedure, I guess. So I think there's a lot of factors at play. I don't think it's going to get higher than the 183 it got. No? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> okay, the only thing I think that could do it is we did get stimulus. This is news we're talking about. Uh, right. uh, they, it does look like the stimulus is moving ahead and we're going to get some $1,400 checks. And that fresh capital could push a lot of retail investors to, to move that price again. Oh, don't forget, too, that uh, Roaring Kitty doubled down on his bet, too. He bought another 50,000 shares, somewhere around the 40 to 45 range, too. Yeah, right right before it spiked. Are we ready to move on a little bit? What do you got? I really did want to talk a little bit about the bonds uh, rising. All right. Causing a lot of choppy, choppy trades this week. I think, I think that is directly related to why uh, I, my portfolio got so wrecked you think it was the bonds or do you think it was the GameStop? because it seemed like whatever GameStop was going up the market was tanking yeah well you know it doesn't happen in a vacuum they happen at the same time and i think they yeah. both they both had the same sentiment of you know GameStop going up hedge funds selling out of positions to cover those shorts combined with you have the bond rates rising and, and long long-term money is saying well this bond's a better bet than these stocks so they're moving out of their stocks and into bonds. Mm-hmm. I think those two things combined really, really uh, put some downward pressure. Right. <laughs> so what, what are the bond rates actually oh. at now then? Oh, I think the 10-year is up uh, at like 1.5%. How is that a good bet? I don't understand that at all. Maybe I just don't understand bonds, but 1.5%, like you might as well just, I mean, you're not even beating inflation. Right, but it's safe. So, yeah, but so is the bank account. <laughs> We were just talking about this. These these funds they want as close to zero risk as possible, right? So uh, they're they'll move money into something like a bond that you know it might it might not even break even with inflation, but it's it's not gonna it's not gonna go down, and it's still gonna it's still gonna be there. You'll still have all your money in ten years. I guess, but man, that does not fit my gambler profile. <laughs> I don't trade bonds. I I don't. I don't either. I have no interest in them. Uh, maybe I should do a little bit more research. Maybe there's something we're not seeing with that one and a half percent. Maybe that's compounded. It's definitely something they're talking about. If you, if you recall, Chairman Powell spoke this week. There was a lot of of downward pressure leading up to his speech, and then he assured everybody that uh, you know the Fed's got it all under control. These bond prices aren't going to get out of whack. And mm-hmm. everybody calmed down. Uh, and it and it and it, it went up for a day, and then Friday, it did not. Uh, no, no, it did not. Uh, <laughs> so we're we're looking through in March. We'll see uh, what levers the the Fed decides to to pull. Yeah, and the Fed said that they don't see any anything happening for at least what one or two years. Yeah, that should have stabilized things a little bit better than it did, but. I don't know. There's something else going on. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this next week plays out. 
Hey, Kyle, you got anything else for us? Yes, I do. Uh, CCIV, the SPAC that was acquiring Lucid, the share price had been running up to like over 60 bucks a share on the rumors that they were going to make this acquisition. Uh, the rumors were true. They did announce the deals. And after those deals, that deal was announced, the stock just tanked. Uh, it closed at just above 30. It seemed like it touched bottom at about 26.50 and then kind of stabilized from there. I think it closed the week a little bit over $30 a share. What, what was it at before it fell? Closed on the Monday at 57.37, and then when it opened, it dropped. Uh, it opened at 35, and then just kind of t- went down from there. Friday was when it finally started. Uh, looks like it started seeing some positive movement. Looks like it finally stabilized. Don't those normally rise when they announce who they're going to acquire? <laughs> you would, well, I mean, it's still, they all start out at like $10 a share, right? I think that's standard for, for special yeah. acquisition companies. Yeah. So, yeah, it's still tripled. People who invested in it are doing all right. Got in at the beginning. Yeah, but people who are buying it thinking uh, it was going to keep going up. Not so hot. Not so hot. What, what else do you have for the news? Anything? Uh, last thing I got is Virgin Galactic. We've been talking a lot about them. They won our Twitter poll, but they had some rough news this last week. They delayed their test flight till May, which happened to be right after I took another weekly call position on them. Ooh. Yeah, that hurt. Of course, that came out on Friday, so by then they were worthless. Um, yeah, so their whole timeline it looks like it got pushed back. Stock fell on that news. Uh, they also reported their earnings, and the earnings came out kind of in line. And the third piece of bad news, apparently it came in threes for them, was England is a city that's partnered with Virgin Orbit for launching satellites. Uh, Virgin Galactic was trying to form a partnership with them to use that, that airport as a launch point for their space tourism mm. that city said no fucking way <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to launch a bunch of billionaires to space they said well people are experiencing like real hardship here like that just sends a terrible message in their minds oh hey well so yeah the space stock has just been getting hammered this week it's somewhere around 37 right now that's all the news i got though the other thing in news that I wanted to touch on, and this Bitcoin has been falling a bit this week because why not? And <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not as stable as we thought. It's getting there. It's getting there. Well, yeah, it's still over forty thousand. So, so it's been dropping, and, and apparently, uh, Bill Bill Gates came out and was uh, was hammering, talking a little bit of shit. Bill Gates has been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, he warned people that if you're not as rich as Elon Musk, you should probably watch out and not invest in Bitcoin because you'll you could lose it. Well, Elon Musk, as we learned, is not actually investing in Bitcoin. His company is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, he admitted, like, yeah, I don't invest in shit. I'm an engineer. Yeah, I don't believe in money. <laughs> I wish I was that rich that I could stop believing in something. Money is meaningless. Well, yeah, when you have billions of it. Right, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you couldn't afford lunch, Elon? When was the last time that happened? <laughs> to be fair, he's also the only, uh, the only CEO that, like, purposely tanks his own stock. <laughs> I love Elon Musk, but I really think he's one industrial accident away from becoming a James Bond villain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why he wants to go to Mars so bad. He needs his Mars base. <laughs> right? You give him a nice scar down his face and a cat in his lap, and it's like, holy shit, that's the villain. He saw Moonraker and then decided he could do one better. Mars Raker, here we go. <laughs> Oh, and on that note, uh, let's uh, let's move along. 
Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. With over 20 years of experience, Sue has helped thousands of homeowners. And whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. She's licensed in 25 states and growing. So reach out and see what Sue can do for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904. Or in an email, you can reach her at spullen, S-P-U-L-L-E-N, at fairwaymc.com. Again, that phone number is 520-977-7904. That email is spullen at fairwaymc. Fairway Independent Mortgage, MLS number 2289. Sue MLS number 206048. And uh, if you reach out, make sure you let her know that uh, you found her on Two Bulls. And she'll like us a little more, hopefully. <laughs> we could use it. And also... This week we have a spot open because we haven't made any silly bets with any guests lately. So yeah, we don't have to, to mention passive this week. It's funny, we're not going to talk about passive, but I felt like I did learn the lesson of why you want to keep your uh, portfolio in balance. Yeah, me too. And that lesson is, is volatility. And <laughs> being heavily weighted in the NASDAQ and watching your <laughs> watching everything just fall apart. Well, marijuana, MJ, it spiked... When it, when it did its spike, mm -hmm. if I had sold at the spike to rebalance, I would have kept those gains And when it fell down. Right. You know what I mean? And you would have bought into something that was undervalued. And then I could rebalance again when it falls down, and then you're buying it on the cheap. You know what I mean? Like rebalancing, you, it helps you lock in those, those gains. It, it, anything goes too high, you're, you're selling off at the high. Anything goes too low, you're buying at the low. Like rebalancing is is a really good thing it is if it's not a personal trading account if it's in like a retirement vehicle i think it makes a lot more sense because if you're selling things at the highs now all of a sudden you got tax bills yeah stupid taxes yeah anyway taxes suck. Let, let's let's move on and talk about some stocks let's do it just put those stock tickers on the list go through the charts so nothing gets missed Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. Yeah, it's funny you say getting too NASDAQ heavy. My main stock moves this week, I kept shuffling back and forth between the TQQQ and the SQQQ. Mm -hmm. And I, I, though I ended up down for the week, you know, uh, right. uh, I, was actually, I was actually pretty proud. And, and I feel like part of it's luck, part of it's I've been watching the NASDAQ. I didn't have any magic metrics for knowing it was turning around. I was like, oh, God, it's turning around. I'm going to move out of the, the SQQQ back into the TQQ. So it's it started falling. I sold the TQQ, my long-term mm -hmm. NASDAQ, triple leveraged. And I moved it into the sh one that shorts the NASDAQ. SQQQ. I, uh, on the 22nd. I had originally sold uh, out on the Friday when the, when the TQQQ was dropping. Right. I bought a grip of shares on the SQQQ and uh, uh, sold them the next day at a dollar a share profit. Nice. And moved moved back into the TQQ right. and then uh, sold it uh, two days later for for a couple dollars uh, a share profit. Uh, yeah, I bought it bought it at ninety one seventy five, sold it at ninety three fifty five, moved back into the SQQQ at fourteen, sold the SQQ at fourteen and a half. And bought back into the TQQQ at eighty nine, uh, and it's currently it's it's oh it's current currently at eighty nine. Nice. 
All right, so you you basically did an exercise in day trading. Every other day trading, yeah, that's what I ended up doing. So were you using uh, order flow to, to determine, uh, you know, what George was talking about, finding the points to buy in, or were you just kind of going off of watching the uh, the tickers and getting just kind of feeling it? I was just watching the tickers and feeling it out. I thought it was going to go down the whole week, and mm-hmm. then what 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 prompted me to switch was Powell came out and gave his speech. Yeah. And I saw it turn. I saw the momentum shift after, and I knew that he just had the speech. So I said, oh, pull the trigger. Sold out at SQQQ, moved into the TQQQ. Yeah. And then Thursday, I, I moved out of the SQQ back into the TQQQ. Well, for my week, uh, early in the week when I started seeing everything going haywire, I just start, I bought a bunch more uh, the VXX. That process, of course, there being, you know, I can hold it for until the crash happens, another crash. Because at some point there's going to be a big pullback. It always is. Might be five years from now, but yeah, yeah, okay, I can wait. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was the main one. Uh, I also bought back into. I bought more Virgin Galactic shares on Friday after it looked like it kind of stabilized and started to turn. I was looking at 39, and then I thought to myself, "That's stupid." Set it lower. I should have set it even lower, and I did. I just went 38.50. I'm like, "It'll." I'll get it. Like uh, what was one of our guests was saying, if you like it at that, you know, you'll like it even more at, you know, less. Yeah. If you like the $200 a share, you'll love it at 190 Yeah, exactly. So I kind of did that a, a little bit of that, not quite to the extreme that I should have done because it probably would have done better. That mm-hmm. still ended up adding to that position. Uh, I ended up having to sell my Pepsi shares to come up with the funds to do, to, to do uh, the, the trading I want to do so I didn't have to use any margin account. But as the yeah. GameStop was going haywire, the VIX was kind of going with it. So I figured that was an easier way to kind of participate. I also sold out in my SAP positions for a small loss. Uh, that was the only things I really sold. Got to say, though, I'm really kicking myself for not following my plan. My plan was to buy more GameStop when it dropped below $40 a share, which it did. I think it was the week before. Um, I mm-hmm. thought it was going to keep going. It didn't look like it was done at that point. I don't know why I thought that. I think that was just more emotional. I can do better. But yeah, if I would have bought it at right. my target like I wanted to, well, yeah, I've been sitting pretty happy right now. Well, yeah, that, that pretty much wrapped up my week. Not a whole lot. Just a lot of fear. <laughs> Okay, are we ready to talk about some options? No. Oh, because we got earnings. Yes. And I got to say, I apologize, listeners. Target earnings are on the 2nd. They're coming up this Tuesday. I said they were on the 25th last week, and I was wrong on that. Uh, Yep, I have them on my list, actually. (laughs) All right. Well, Kyle, why don't you uh, you tell us what earnings are coming up? We have on the 1st, Zoom and Neo. On the 2nd, we've got Target. Ross, Darling Ingredients, one of our pickums, and Nordstrom, one of my favorites. On the third, we've got Snowflake and Marvel. Fourth has Costco, Kroger, Slack, Purple, Mattresses, and Smith and & Wesson. And on the fifth, uh, not a whole lot happening on Friday, but Berkshire Hathaway is going to report their earnings. That's always mm. a fun one to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's been doing a lot of buybacks lately, I was reading. Mm-hmm. So where'd they get that money? Uh, this kind of leads into options, so maybe just go right to that and play our song first. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to sold them, know when to walk away. Those calls are done, you never count your money. When you're holding on the contracts, there'll be time enough for counting when the options exercise. All right, so. 
All right. Options. You, we were talking about this, uh, um, God, what was that? Like Thursday or Friday? I think it was, or it was the day when GameStop started taking off. We were talking about some of the better things that you can do with options or the, the most surefire way it seems to make money with it is to actually be a seller of the calls. Yes. So that's one of the things I'm going to really start looking at this week and probably doing some trials. Uh, some of these earnings that are coming up, I'm going to start looking at weekly calls on some of the higher volatility ones and try to sell mm-hmm. call spreads. So I mean like uh, with, let's see, we'll throw one of these charts up real quick. So I can talk some real numbers. Uh, Snowflake would be a good one of the ones that I'd be targeting. So it's trading at like 260 to end the week. I'd be looking at buying like 270 calls and selling 260s or you know something like that. Selling out the money uh, and just trying to take advantage of stocks that have higher volatility, higher va- higher implied volatility based on the earnings. So you're going to sell or write the contract at 260, and you're going to buy. A contract somebody else wrote at 270 right. and the whole reason for that would be it just protects my it protects me from that you know what's the infinity loss <laughs> right because the stock can go up as high as it wants to right so that at least caps my loss potential it also reduces you know the value of that premium i get for writing it but you know from what you're saying and it it bears out with what i've been seeing too and the options pricings when you look at like the earnings coming up people analyze the options and see what movement the options are pricing in or expected for that that report to come out and they'll say like oh the earnings are priced uh, the options are pricing their earnings at a 12% movement the stock historically moves at 8% like, okay mm. just like a casino if you write a bunch of these over time statistics are going to play out in my favor right yes so I may lose one, but if I lose one in 10, then I should more than make that up and have, you know, a way to make some money every week, a little bit at a time. Not going to be the big ticket, but I think if you want to actually make money in this game, <laughs> that's the way you got to do it. I'm, I'm glad you said it that way. Uh, one of the, the things that I came across this week in options, I'd heard the term, but I never really studied it. It's called the iron condor. Mm-hmm. What you just described, buying, uh, buying a call at 270, selling a call at 260. If you also bought a put at 250 and sold a put at 260, mm-hmm. you would make an iron condor. So you're, based, you're betting that the stock is going to be flat and you're just trying to make money off of the extreme. Betting the stock will, yeah, it, it will stay in that middle range. It's not going to go up too much. It's not going to go down too much. Probably not the best thing to do around an earnings. Yeah. And then you're doing a weekly because they decay faster. I want to look at the weeklies because they're going to end quicker too. And they won't be stuck in my portfolio yeah. for like the ones that I bought the the bull spreads. You know, I'm stuck holding them through March for one of them and April for the other. Right. Unless you, you, you close them yourself. Yeah, and then closing them out because of the way the the pricing works on those, you don't get like a five dollar spread. If it's a five dollar spread, you know, you may realize like two dollars. <laughs> mm. So it seems like you're right. better off letting them actually expire if they're in the money. Mm. Now, like with the MJ ones that I have, I may end up just closing out the ones that I sold to try to lower that premium at a really cheap value because I think they're trading like fifteen cents now. Might as well just close those out at such a cheap price. And then if the stock does take off again, then, you know, I still have that unlimited potential again. Right. Or I just close them all out and eat my loss like a man. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have any other options moves? Uh, Yeah, I did have some moves. Um, I bought April 16, $18 calls in F-Cell at 375. I was doing that to back my bet up. And I did not sell any out-of-the-money 
calls higher up the chain because the stock is so volatile and I wanted the flexibility to close them out if need be. Obviously, that's not doing so well right now. Still holding some value, so I may see what next week brings before I decide to, to move on that. I know that stock can move a lot quickly, so I'll hold on to them for a little bit. I also bought on Tuesday when the market looked like it was crashing some SQQ yeah. Q $15 calls. Uh, later in the day, as because I think that was the day the Fed gave his speech, and then the stock kind of, the market recovered to kind of close flat, I think. Mm-hmm. So later in the day, I ended up selling those at about half the price. And the reason why I did that is because after talking to Richard, I wanted to try to confront my issues with selling things. Yeah. So I closed them out. It took the half price loss because, you know, that seemed like the right thing to do. Cut my losses. Right. You, it's, it's about risk exposure. Kind of sucks because the results didn't match the method this week. But, you know, that's the price you pay to learn sometimes. I think I did the right thing. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't get the right results. Other thing yeah. I bought was the Space Weeklies I mentioned earlier. I bought those on Tuesday because I thought, hey, test flight's got to be coming up. Uh, this time, no, it was not coming up. And then by the time mm. all the bad news came out, it was really too late to recover anything of value. Oof. So... That one didn't do well. Uh, I sold two-thirds of my Salesforce calls, as we talked about last week, before they reported, and that was definitely the right call. Still took about a 50% loss on that, too. And I only sold two-thirds, so I'm calling it 1.5 out of 3 for the week. (laughs) 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 Definitely progress but it's it's a step in the right direction we'll say we'll say that there we go there we go <laughs> and then i got some more stuff that i want to talk about but i'll let you go through your your uh your week okay. first and then okay. we can have that discussion i had some some target calls that uh i i closed i i closed i sold one third at uh 30 percent like we've been talking about mm-hmm. with uh with george like when they were ran in the options room um and then, so I, I was holding on to my other two two thirds, uh, and and it it just tanked, uh, right? And I, and I I sold it because it, it it hit the stop loss on uh, Thursday or Friday. And mm-hmm. then like right after I sold it, it it, it then it's it, the course it turned around and moved up. I'm of not course. sad I sold it. <laughs> we had the same week, is what it sounds like. Yeah. 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 Um, so so I moved on from those. Uh, I briefly I bought some AMD calls right before right before they tanked too. <laughs> well, right before they tanked too. Yeah. So so I, I ended up uh, I ended up losing like twenty percent on the AMD. Uh, I should say the target I, when I stop lost it out. I, I had moved that stop loss, so mm-hmm. I broke even on the two two thirds, and I made thirty percent on the one third. So that was a successful trade. That's what you're supposed to do. So, yeah, well done. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Right? Yep. So even though Target turned around and if I'd held on, I'd have more profit. And it doesn't matter. I made money on the trade. I followed the, the plan. That worked out. Uh, I wish I wish the rest of them did. Um, I, <laughs> I, I got Gold Rush Fever and I bought some silver calls and uh the very right before close and then like the very next morning i was like what am i doing i have no reason to be in silver (laughs) and and uh like like i was just gold rush fever i was like yeah "Yeah, making money so i i sold them at a two percent gain uh Mm -hmm. and then silver (laughs) crashed and i was glad i I had been looking at you know uh, uh volatility and and i thought like oh they've got a low volatility uh I'll buy into them, but but that was not that's not a good enough reason. Um, yeah, I had a really great trade with uh, Micron, 
I bought back in because I've been trading them last week or the week before last. Ended up selling out at a, a minor gain. I forget, I forget what it was. I said it on the show last week though. Um, and then I thought, well, okay, they're, they're, they're falling. I think they're going to turn around. So I bought some calls on MU and they had a killer day. Oh yeah. Uh, ki- uh, Monday and, and Tuesday. So I ended up selling two thirds at uh, like 68%. Mm-hmm. And that that paid for the whole trade uh, plus 10%. Right. Yeah. So so uh, when, when I when I sold out, I've got I've got a gain for the whole trade and I'm still holding one third of those calls. Yes. And still doing well. Uh, they don't they don't expire till the 19th. And it is it, it is still doing well. It went up and down with the market and the Nasdaq, mm-hmm. but it ended the week, um, I think. Oh, I'd have to about ninety. I think actually op- I pulled it up open and looked up. at it earlier. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I've got ninety dollar calls, and I think I think they're they're at like four and a half dollars at the moment, or five. Nice. Uh, they've been bouncing. At one point, at one point, they actually hit the full hundred percent gain, mm-hmm. and uh, but I didn't I didn't sell out because it's got it's got till March, and and I've already paid for it. You know what I mean? Like I don't consider it any any money at risk. That's Even, only that's only a couple weeks from now, though. Don't forget. You, you might want to start yeah. looking at getting rid of them here soon, or at least the next week before that time decay yes. starts to oh, really yes. hurt you. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I am in the zone of where I need to move on. Yep. That is a good call. Uh, but I kind of liked watching it go up and down and not feeling emotionally t- attached to it right. because it was already paid for. It was, it was in, an, in essence, it was free. Yeah. Like I've already made those, those gains. So uh, it was a lot easier to detach myself. Now, on to how I lost all my money in options this week. <laughs> if you listen to the Richard Friesen episode, he he told a story about a trader on the Chicago Exchange. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I remember that. Yeah. Who 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 kept burning out, and he's like, "But I learned my lesson." And and the guy the guy kept selling puts on IBM. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it wasn't going his way, so he sold more. Yep. We can't close it now. We'll take a huge loss. <laughs> I, you know, I was I was playing with those Kellogg calls a while back, and I was looking at Kellogg and looking at their chart and look at the applied volatility, which was really low. And one of the things Richard said that he looked for was buying low volatility, selling high volatility. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, this is a good this is a good price point on these calls. They're around a around a dollar coupon. Uh, I'll I'll move in. And I moved in, and I bought some, and then it went down to ninety cents a coupon. And so I thought, well, I liked the price at a dollar. I like it at ninety, and I bought more. <laughs> uh. It and 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 then it went down to to seventy, and I bought more. <laughs> Uh, and now, now the coupon ended Friday at four, uh, 47 and a half cents. Oh, ouch. So it, I'm down 45% for the whole trade. It seems to me that if you want to do a play on a low volatility stock, you need to buy the calls and the puts. Straddle it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, if I had done that, that would have been smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. So I did that, and then uh, last night I was re-listening to the Richard Friesen episode, and he he told that story, and I went, "Oh my, ah, oh, it's exactly what I'm doing with these fucking Kellogg calls." 
oh, oh, I haven't learned my lesson at all. Oh, so Monday I'll be looking to just take the loss. Oh, you still have them? Okay. <laughs> I still have yeah. them. Yes, yes. Ooh, ouch. Um, but who knows? Maybe, maybe tomorrow Kellogg will <laughs> they'll release some good news, right? Yeah, speaking of not learning. Uh, speaking of not learning, I haven't learned my lesson on AMD. I've got calls that are expiring next week that are worthless now, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm uh, actually 1.5 out of 4. <laughs> there you go. Oh. All right. So, yeah, I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit about going forward, like what my plan is here. So after mm-hmm. talking to these, these two fantastic guests that we've had with Richard and George, like, I thought I'd cleared my head out after experiencing what we did with the GameStop fiasco uh, uh, back yeah. in January. I'm starting to come mm-hmm. to the realization here that I am severely lacking in education, and I've gotten way too far outside of my original strategies. To the point now where I'm starting to think that I'm just trading without a strategy at all. Yeah, bobbing in the current. It's easy to be making money like we were earlier when we're doing it in the middle of a historic bull market. <laughs> but yep. now that we're not in those market conditions, like I really need to educate myself on how to make money in these other conditions because what I'm doing right now is not working and I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my plan going forward here is going to be working on coming up with some different market-specific strategies. Um, I do want to try the options strategy I just had around earnings, but not betting on a big jump but rather profiting off of mm. people like me who are betting on that big jump. To me, it's just like, you know, you remember the gold, the gold rush? We talk about gold rush fever all the time, but who actually made money yeah. in San Francisco when the big gold rush was going on? It wasn't the people going out there trying to strike it rich. It was the guy selling all the equipment. Yep. He would sell all the equipment. The guys would go bust. He'd buy it back cheap and then sell it to the next guy. Well, I think if we really want to make money and go forward and be profitable at this, that's the... We need to throw that into our repertoire. So I'm going to be working on that. I'm going to be coming up with some new ideas. I'm going to be, or new to me at least, not necessarily new. I'm going to be working on my ability to recognize the market conditions as well. And I think I'm going to start putting some of this down on paper as well and try to post it up to the website so people can kind of track along as I figure out what works and what doesn't work. This mm-hmm. podcast is all, was started because it's supposed to be a kind of learn with us kind of idea. Uh, we need to get back yep. to doing some actual learning. And not just talking about <laughs> trades and but, how much we made or <laughs> lost. <laughs> bobbing around in the current without a clear map. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been trying to educate myself on, on some of those successful long-term option strategies like that uh, Iron Condor. And the one that I, I really like that I came across is the, uh, the double calendar spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where you're using the volatility, you're you're selling your options, you're writing the tickets a week out, and you're buying like three or four weeks out. Mm-hmm. So the the volatility decays the value of the one you wrote, so you can buy it back the day it expires to close it at at a much lower price. And uh, you have you have the second one to to hedge your your bet if it if it takes off. Right. The 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 but. All of the, the long-term strategies, that they, they end up having like a 55-60% success rate. Mm-hmm. And, and they all involve selling and buying options at the same time. So you're talking about having to be able to, you know, take 10 losses in a row. Because, you know, it's, it's just like the, the house at the casino. You know, they don't sweat it when somebody wins big at the slot machine. Right. 
that's just part of their business, you know? Yeah, you, you take some losses in a row, but you're going to take more wins than losses. And they're going to be smaller wins. But small or smaller wins at a higher frequency is much better than many losses offset sometimes yep. by a one big win. Yep. Yeah, we really got to do that to options uh, bonus episode soon. Yeah, and we're approaching one of our milestones, so maybe we'll look at uh, recording that this week or next week. Once you're feeling better. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. I only have so many Adderall pills I can chew. <laughs> All right. Should we do some options alerts? I think we should. All right. Cisco, 121-2022, calls at $3.07, 629000 uh, Salesforce, this is a smaller one. Uh, expires next week at two twenty-five. These were three dollars and forty-five cents, and uh, sixty-nine thousand. Um, like I said, not a large amount, but I kind of like that idea. Salesforce seemed to that seemed to be one of its support lines um, as I've been following it. So I may look at trying to follow that one. Uh, GameStop, uh, April sixteenth, hundred dollar puts at forty-five dollars a contract, nine hundred thousand. Oh wow. That seems like a really good idea. <laughs> and that seems like one you can probably spread pretty easily. GameStop, you know, say what you want about whether or not it takes off, but if it takes off, it's still coming back down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody thinks that this is a hundred dollar company, you know, going Given forward. That April expiration is yeah, you've got you've got that room. Yeah. So I may look at doing something similar to that too. Uh, let's see. We got NVIDIA, May 21st, $700 calls at $15.25 contract, $2.1 million. LVS, wow. I don't remember what that was actually, uh, what company that was. June 18th, $60 call, $8.80, $1.2 million. And Farfetch, April 16th, $75 calls at $5.65, $1.2 million as well. All right. What's that sound, Dan? What sound? Where? That sound. Woo! All right. Oh, what a... F I feel like I have the, the okay, bad, ugly, super ugly set up this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was struggling to find a good, and I think... Uh, I think the best thing I can take away is that I sold losing positions. I did it, and the world didn't end. It was the right move in two out of the three instances. I should have done it, and that's math I get. I'm also really glad I didn't take that side bet. <laughs> Although it didn't really matter one way or the other. <laughs> it, it, didn't. it didn't. No. <laughs> did you have any good? Well, yeah, you had some good trades in there. I did. I did. My, uh, my Micron calls, my MU, those... Really good. Uh, I love it when a good plan comes together. <laughs> I'd love a good A-team quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the A-team. Han Hannibal's a great stock trader. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love it. Uh, being able to move out of the trade at a profit and still hold on to some calls always, to me, like, that's, that's, the, that's the goal. That's where I want to be. Well, to me, the good there is that you followed the plan. Because I remember you were... Is yeah. That, is that the one you were questioning whether or not to take, or is that... Uh... The week before. It was. Yeah. That was the week before, and I was questioning whether to take it at 30%, and it, that was it was the right move. 
Yep. Uh, it moved down and I moved out just like I did with Target. And then when, uh, when I felt like uh, Micron had finished their downward trend and turn, we're turning around, I moved back in and that's, that's when I really saw some gains. What was your bad? Uh, my moving into that GBTC, the Bitcoin stock, right at the, the peak of Bitcoin for the week. <laughs> <laughs> I moved into it like not casually, but with, yeah, I moved one third of my long-term dragon pile hoard right. into Bitcoin as like, it's like, you know what? I think tech's really choppy. This arc has turned around. I, I think it's fallen. I'll, I'll, I'll. I like what Bitcoin's been doing. I'll, I'll, I'll put it there for a while and see what happens. And ugh, that was funny. Is that <laughs> not like good. Tesla's stock price has really tanked since uh, as Bitcoin has been dropping. I think their price has been dropping as well. Yeah, Tesla's below seven hundred right now. That one point five billion just shrank to one point two billion. <laughs> yeah, I think that they had said at one point they'd made more money just on their Bitcoin investment than they did selling actual cars. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's not good when you lose a large oh. pile of money like that. <laughs> what, what, was, uh, what was your bad? Uh, my bad was not selling off the other losing positions that I should have. You know, the rest of the Salesforce mm -hmm. calls, uh, the AMD calls that I still have that are worthless. Getting there. Baby steps. Oh, well, the ugliest thing that happened to me was definitely the, the Kellogg calls and then like just doubling down mm -hmm. and then stepping back at the end of the week and being like, wow, I've got a pattern. That's not healthy. Do you know why you did it? Because I didn't think I was wrong. <laughs> Do we need to get George back on here? Maybe have you take a chair or yeah. take a turn yeah. in the chair? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of ties in. Mine's definitely trading without a plan. Mm -hmm. um, that's starting to turn into a really costly mistake one that i need to turn around here quickly if we're going to keep doing this show <laughs> <laughs> wow i thought i would be the one to burn out oh i'm not i'm not burning out uh i just if i lose too much doing this then i'm probably going to really cut down how much i'm putting in to do the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i can't burn through my oh. retirement trying to do this you know <laughs> right 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 absolutely <laughs> oh boy oh well kyle you know what that brings us to that brings us to a bet Okay. <laughs> well, um, you know, I like to be in the position where I'm not going first. So, Kyle, what is your bet pick for the week? Uh, I've been struggling trying to find something I like. And uh, the best one that I can come up with is uh, CCIV. I think I'm going to go ahead and try to, try to ride it as it bounces. I'm hoping it's bouncing. It looked like it saw some really good support on Friday. I want to set my stop loss on this at $28. Uh, just in case I read this wrong, I want to at least protect some of my capital. Uh, if it does go up, then it can you know transition to a 15% trailing stop, but 28 is going to be my bottom on that. I want to pull the, pull the plug if it drops below that. What, what if it opens at lower than 28 on Monday? Uh, then I will run a... 5% buy. 
So once it uh, rises by 5%, then I'll buy it. 5% from the bottom? Uh, 5% rise. This it doesn't down. have to be the bottom. It just as soon as it goes up by 5%, then I'll buy it. If it's uh, opening lower than my buy endpoint. Does that make sense? We'll buy on 5% rise. It does. I'm, I'm okay. writing it down. Getting a little bit trickier on this here. $30, it's at what, $30.92. So 28, that's like a 10%. 10 yeah, and loss. it's actually uh, looking at after hours too. It looked like it ran up to about 31. Yeah. So yeah, 28 is definitely okay. my bottom, but I mean, because that's, uh, that's about $1.50 above where I was seeing one of the support lines. I don't want to set it at 26 mm -hmm. because that's even further from it, <laughs> depending on where I actually get it at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 28 seems like a good point to, to, to cut losses here. Churchill Capital, CCIV, Kyle's pick. Um, it's funny that you picked your Friday Pick'em because I'm also going to pick my Friday Pick'em, which is uh, Concentrics Corporation, CNXC. Uh -huh. I had a feeling you were probably going to uh, go. I figured it was going to be that or MU. You're finally going to actually pick that stock. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not confident that uh, tech is going to rebound next week. Yeah, I really want to see. I'm really interested to see how the market opens because I'm, I'm in the same boat. I have no idea which way it's going to go. Segues quite nicely into uh, the Twitter poll. Oh, yeah? What's the, what's the Twitter poll? Twitter poll. Um, well, you came up with it. You explain it. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, you, I was just handing it to you because you were wanted to bring it up. Uh, yeah, our new Twitter poll is going to be the month of March. Is the market going to stay bullish? Is it going to turn bearish? Or is it just going to kind of be choppy sideways? I like um, it. How do you think uh, March is going to go? That's the whole market? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the averages. And I, I don't think there's going to be deviation. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, March saw the S&P up and the NASDAQ down. Right. Uh, I think they'll be all pointed <laughs> in the same way. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> typically how it works. Not always. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, what, uh, are we ready for a r random? All right. Let's get a stock. Uh, actually, it pulled up a quote, too, that I really like. If I'd only followed CNBC's advice, I'd have a million dollars today. Provided I'd started with a hundred million dollars, and that was John Stewart. <laughs> 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 huh, I like that. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, our <laughs> random stock is SWKS Skyworks Solution. It is a Nasdaq stock. Closed at one seventy-seven eighty-two last week. Um, looked like it was. It's got a lot of volatility. Let's see. It looks like it's bouncing mm. around between 190 and 175. So this one can move a lot, it looks like. Yeah. Let's see what yeah. the three-month trend is on it. Uh, had well, it earnings just, at the end of January, and it looks like it really took off from there. It does. But it also turned the corner uh, MACD sell signal on the 24th. So we'll see. Yeah, it looks like it peaked around there. Yeah, right at 190. And it's at 177. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's got a shot. It looks dangerous. We'll say that. All we, right. could be, we could be sharing that, uh, that random bet consequence together. And, folks, uh, we also we want you to bet along. We want you to play along and, and bet along with us. So uh, if you can get your tweet or, or Facebook post if, or even on the Discord, if you can reach out to us before market opens on Monday and and place your bet pick if you beat me and kyle uh we're gonna send you a two bowls in a coffee shop mug and 
we we debated this uh me and dan and i i think i lost out i wanted to send broken mugs because we're two bulls in a china <laughs> shop but, uh, everyone says that we should send we should send the real ones before they let you smash them so you know if you want us to smash them, yes. let us know. I'd be more than happy to do that. <laughs> man, oh, that'd be awesome. Well, I think people probably blame it on shipping, so there might be some confusion. And if you get a broken yeah, mug because yeah. the shipping company smashed it, well, then that's what we're going to claim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Let's wrap this up. Oh, well, that brings us to the end of the show, folks. And we're so, so glad you, you joined us in the China shop today. We love it when you, you come along and, and, and hang out with us. And if, if you like our show, please just let us know. Rate and subscribe on, on your platform of choice. Uh, and and if, you, if you like our show and you don't get on any social media platforms, and you could just tell your friends, the more the merrier. Uh, and, you know, and if you, if you don't have friends, uh, I'm really sorry. Kyle and I can do our best to try and get you some more friends. Uh, if it, not for free, obviously a very high premium, but I think we're pretty good at it. <laughs> uh, so, it's cheaper uh, <laughs> than, than escort services. I'll say that, but we do a lot less. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's a big shop. There's room for everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're so, so, so glad that you're here. Uh, and, and as always, happy trades, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye, folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual